Greetings, shalom, peace be upon you. Thank you for joining me this morning. We are starting a new study today, and as I mentioned last week, I wanted to start studying uh, the book of Kings. Uh, it's a section of the Bible that I have not spent a lot of personal study time in, and uh, so I thought that would be a great place uh, to start a new study since we just finished up our gospel according to Luke. Um, now, in order to start reading Kings, you really start with the book of Samuel, uh, which is otherwise called the first book of the Kings, which would actually make first Kings, third Kings, if that's confusing enough for you. But really, Samuel and the book of Kings, first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, should really just be one book. Now, this starts with uh, kind of like the birth and call of Samuel. Um, you also have the the end of the priesthood under Eli. And uh, in this first two chapters that we're going to read today, you have the birth of Samuel. Yeah, so you have uh, a little bit about Eli. And then you have the corruption of Eli's sons who are in the priesthood, who are doing evil and corrupt things. You know, the the book of Samuel takes you all the way through the the, the call and death of King Saul. Uh, the call of David, it really covers about a 100-115 year period of time. And uh, so it's a lot of, his, it's more of a historical book, but there's just so much for us to learn. It's going to take us a while to get through First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. I don't know how long. I'm going to try to get two chapters in every time we study. Uh, but I expect this to go on through the rest of the year. Um, but it should be a blessing to all of us. At some point, I'd like to figure out how to work in the Book of Gad, the ancient Book of Gad, um, that was put out by Ken Johnson, some manuscripts. It takes place during this time period, uh, but we'll see uh, how we can fit that in. I need to go back and restudy it again and kind of see where it fits. Um, but So that's a possibility. But anyway... Uh, the important thing is, is that we're going to be studying studying First and Second Samuel for the current time period, and then uh, hopefully First and Second Kings as well. So, without further delay, let's just dig right in. I'm going to read chapters one and two from the Book of Samuel, the first Book of Samuel, Samuel, and I uh, hope that you're blessed by it this morning. King James Bible, of course. Let's begin. Now there was a certain man of Ramathiam, Zohim, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeraham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephraphite, Rephaphite. And he had two wives, the name of one was Hannah, the name of the other Peaniah. And Peaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peaniah his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions, 
but unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I, am I not better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk, now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in the bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. Then it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And, answer, and Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord. I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hereto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let not thy handmaid let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. All right, let's take a pause right here and just kind of recap for a second what's going on. So you have this guy... And uh, his name is Elkanah. And he has two wives, Hannah. And uh, let me find the name of his other wife real quick. Let's move back. Uh, and Penayana. Penayana, I believe is how you say it. His other wife. But it's kind of like the story of Jacob where, you know, Jacob had two wives. One Leah and one Rachel, right? And he loved Raquel more, right? But she, like, wouldn't conceive children. Um, it's the same thing here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Elkanah, he has two wives, and he's given out portions, like, of, like food, I'm guessing, uh, to Pana and to his wife and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a worthy portion, it says. For he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And also, there's some adversary. It doesn't give us much detail, but it says, And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. So there's someone that's causing her grievance and uh, pointing out the fact that she can't bear children. 
because it says, And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. So she's not eating. There's this person there that's provoking her every time they go up there. They go up there, they go up there yearly to do the sacrifice. And uh, then she gets provoked about the fact that her womb has not been opened. So she goes to go pray. And the priest Eli sees her and thinks she is drunk. Now, if you've ever wondered, you know, when you're praying and you've got your... You've just got your head bowed. Maybe you're in a situation where we've all been there where we're praying, but we're maybe we're in a crowd of people or we're just in a situation where it's not appropriate to just to just start praying out loud. And so we pray within ourselves. Many of you understand what I'm talking about. You pray in your heart. And if you've ever wondered, does God hear those prayers that we say that are not audible? You know, that we're not using our voice, but we're just praying within our heart and our soul. The answer is absolutely God hears those prayers just like he hears an audible prayer. Because here we have Hannah. And it says, Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunk? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord. I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint the grief and grief have I spoken hitherto. And then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And of course she finds grace in Eli's sight and she's happy. She goes back. She actually eats her meal. And then it says that Elkanah knew Hannah and his wife and the Lord remembered her. And now we get to the birth of Samuel. Let's continue on. Verse 20. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. Now if you remember, in Hannah's prayer, she said, If you will give me a man-child, I will give him back. And so she's telling her husband, I can't go up this year because the child is not weaned. And when I do go up, he goes there to be forever. That would be very, very difficult. (laughs) You've longed for a child. You've wept. You've prayed in your heart in great sorrow year after year. You finally conceive. And now you've got to give the child up to the priesthood. I can't even imagine doing that verse 23 and Elkanah her husband said unto her do what seemeth thee good tarry until thou have weaned him only the Lord establish his word so the woman abode and gave her son suck until he weaned until she weaned him and when she had weaned him she took him up with her 
with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew the bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord had given me my petition which I asked him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. And that's the end of the first chapter. We're going to read chapter 2. It's interesting language that she lent him to the Lord. Because when we think of lent, we think of you borrowed it and I'm getting it back at some point. But she says, I lent him forever. So it's like she's saying, he belongs to me, but I, I'm lending him to the Lord, as I promised. And that's not a temporary lending, but it's a f permanent lending. Let's continue on here. Chapter 2. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly, so exceeding, exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they, they that stumble are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased. So that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh the rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes, and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king, and exalt the horn of his anointed. And Elkanah went to Ramah, to his house, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli, the priest. Now, the sons of Eli were the sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. Okay, here's a... Here you have Eli the priest. You know, I, the, the scriptures, we've seen it in the Proverbs, and I don't have them pulled up in front of me right now, but over and over we've seen the Proverbs where, like, wicked children are like a curse unto their parents. Here we have Eli the priest, seemingly an upright man, but his two children, it says, his two sons. Now the sons of Eli were the sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. Now, when the scriptures talk about Belial, in mostly what it's saying is when it says that they are a son of Belial, it just it means a son of wickedness, a son of evilness. 
In fact, the number one definition is worthlessness, unprofitable, ruin, destruction. Um, without profit, it's evil, naughty, ungodly, wicked. That's that's how you see it translate, or that's how you see it used uh, in the Bible. And of course, it has kind of like a false god worship uh, attachment to it. Also, it's in the Bible twenty-seven times. Um. You know, in Second Corinthians, it says, And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Uh, Belial is used several times in the book of Kings, several times here in the book of Samuel. It's used in Deuteronomy. Um, Deuteronomy says, Certain men, the children of Belial, are gone out from among you and have withdrawn into the habitations of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which ye have not known. So it's kind of like that false god worship um, type of mindset. Um, Hosea, a popular verse, says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Right? Many of us have heard that and talked about that. Uh, it goes on to say, Because they that have rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I will change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart to iniquity. And there shall be like people like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings. You know, kind of, that's a verse that really describes like sons specifically who go in the way of wickedness. And so that's what we're dealing with here. We have the priest, but his sons are sons of Belial. They're sons of wickedness. They know not Yehovah. Let's continue. Verse 13. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the flesh was in seething. With a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand, and he struck it into the pan or the kettle or the cauldron or pot. All that the flesh took brought up, for the, brought up the priest took for himself. And they did it in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also before they burnt the fat, the priest's servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee but raw. And if any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as the soul desireth, then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it to me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. So these two boys, they made it to a point where people didn't even want to come do the offerings because of all the corruption that was involved with these two, with these sons when it came to how those things went down. And so they became a stench in the nose of the Lord, right? It says, Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for the men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Verse 18. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. 
And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which she had lent to the Lord. And they went unto their home, and the Lord visited Hannah, so that she conceived and bared three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Now Eli was very old, and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do you such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. And there came a man of God unto Eli, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto thee in the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear the ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offering which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel my people? Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now, the Lord saith, be it far from me. For them that honoreth me will I honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thy arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thy house. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation and all the wealth which God shall give Israel. And there shall not be an old man in thy house forever. And the man of thine, whom I shall not cut off from my altar, shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thy heart. And all the increase of thy house shall die in the flower of the rage. So basically this prophet's come to Eli and said, Look, you have loved your sons above God, allowing them to do all this evil. And therefore, judgment is coming upon your house and your uh, future generations. Uh, and it, it's no longer are you going to be in my favor, is, is more or less what it's saying. Verse 34, And this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas, and one day they shall die, both of them. And I will raise up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is mine, which is in my heart and my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left in thy house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread, and shall say, Put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's offices that I may eat of bread. And that is the end of chapter. 1 and 2 in our study in the book of 1 Samuel. 
Well, I pray that you've been blessed this morning. Uh, that maybe you've, maybe you haven't studied these uh, passages before. I hope they're speaking to you and and causing you to draw more near to the Lord and to His Son Jesus. I pray that this podcast just be a great blessing upon all of you. Uh, thank you for your support. Please consider supporting this work. Uh, you can do that by going to scriptureandprophecy.com. All the support options are there on the website. Also, if you haven't picked up a copy of the End of Days, a 30-day devotional, Watching for the Return of Messiah, uh, please consider doing that. I think it'll be a great blessing to you. That's all I have for you. Have a great weekend. And uh, Lord willing, I'll be back with you again next week. Peace and grace be with all of you. Until next time, God bless.